This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Low ride. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, well, we're going to talk about a couple things. One is uh, something called Operation Gladio. The other is uh, we're going to talk about the CIA. We're going to talk about hidden caches. And we're going to talk about building a network. And we're going to just kind of build on all of it. So let's first get started. We're going to talk about Operation Gladio. Now, Operation Gladio was at the end of World War II, we decided to uh, set up a network. And, you know, it can be debated. Maybe the Catholic Church decided to do this. Um, Maybe the U.S. government. It it just, it's a big gray area. It was uh, NATO. Uh, But basically, we decided to set up a system where if Russia or really anybody else ever invaded Europe, we would have a way to kind of retaliate and an infrastructure already put in place. And we'd be a little bit prepared. And I think that's something as a prepper that uh, could really be useful. You know, understanding some concepts, how it's done, Um, what other people have done is definitely how we learned, you know, with a lot of things and, you know, see what kind of tricks the government had in order to, uh, be prepared for an invasion, um, or a takeover. And I guess, you know, from a prepper point, I kind of wonder, you know, I feel like martial law and the government kind of occupying your area, might be similar to a takeover. So I wanted to kind of dig deep. Kevin, I I know it's a big mess, but tell me about Operation Gladio. 
All right. Well, Operation Gladio is the code name for clandestine stay-behind networks of armed resistance that were originated by the Western Union, NATO, and the CIA. Now, um, almost every country in Europe that wasn't uh, communist had its own setup. Operation Gladio technically is the name of the Italian uh, version of this. And that was the first one that was kind of discovered um see what happened was was uh they they set up these these caches of high-grade military uh equipment and and weapons um automatic weapons uh hand grenades uh c4 you know rockets all sorts of stuff and they were setting up these caches all over all over italy and um they had certain people involved with each, you know, each one. What it was designed to do was be basically like a like the resistance fighters in France um, yeah. during World War II, but for each country and and set up to be well armed. And it was basically a, a small like uh, terrorist organizations, basically, you know, based on attacking military uh, military targets and. Um, Things just got a little out of hand when you have like secret networks of of anti-communists with um, large amounts of uh, weapons. Uh, things get a little bit weird. So in Italy, um, the 19, 1960s and, and early 70s, they, they call it the years of lead. And basically what it was was just people blowing each other up, you know, nonstop. People were getting... Uh, murdered there's mafia there's every type of organization you could think of was going going hard to try and uh, be in charge of italy um right. and some of those groups were very much uh socialist and uh they started getting blown up all the time and uh it seemed a little bit weird because uh it wasn't just um socialist groups that were getting blown up and assassinated but it was also uh police officers that were investigating uh, so, right. So somebody called the police in, in Italy in the, in the, uh, in 1970s and said that they saw a dead body in a car and it was parked at such and such a location. So the police went over there to go check it out. And when they got to the car, the car blew up and killed all the cops. So they started doing some investigation of that. And it turns out the car blew up not from uh, dynamite or anything, but from C4, like military grade C4, you know, something that's not something you see uh, with everyday terrorists. And they started investigating and it got, you know, weirder and weirder and more and more complicated um, until finally they kind of figured out what was going on. And uh, they said that the CIA had, had set up these caches, but the truth is there are a lot of people involved in it. And a lot of different countries involved in it. Um, so, well, that's so the thing. The, I mean, the, I was reading the the Italian mob. I was reading Opus Dei. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, the straight the Vatican, um, and all these people were kind of trusted with this. And right. it just is a big, huge, you know, deep dive cover up. But as much as it's crazy. It's 
you know, they were desperate to come up with a solution and everybody wanted in on it. But I feel like there were hands. I, I don't know. I, I feel like the Vatican always has their hands in shit. And honestly, Opus Day is always kind of, you know, been pulling strings on stuff like this. And I feel like they pushed for it. And then, you know, we go along, everybody goes along. I mean, it was NATO. This is definitely not something to just blame the U.S. This is all of NATO. I mean, everybody was kind of in on this. If anything, I mean, again, there, it is so hard to sort out the origins origins. I feel like I would kind of want to blame the Vatican. It just, (laughs) it's a big mess. Yeah. Now, now in, in, uh, let's see. There's the Six Powers Committee, Six Powers Lines Committee that okay. was involved with this, which I've never heard of. Also, in in Austria, it was the Austrian Association of Hiking Sports and Society that was that was running this. Doesn't sound like a nefarious organization, but um, they convicted two guys, uh, Hugo Rosner and Theodore uh, Sokek. They were uh, convicted in Austria for setting up this this network. But then okay. mysteriously, for no reason, they were just pardoned and let go. So it's like there's a lot of high-level people involved in this, and, and nothing really came about it. In uh, right. Denmark, it was called Absalon. France, it was called Plan Blue. Uh, that set up in, in Germany, but they ended up having to dissolve that early because all the people in charge of it were like hardcore Nazis, not like part of the Nazi party when it was going on, but like serious, hardcore neo-Nazi, you know, fascists. Uh, Greece was called the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those Nazis. Yeah. And Greece was called the LOK. The mountain, uh, it was drawn from the mountain rating, uh, special, uh, companies. And, uh, it was going on in the Netherlands, Norway, Portugal, Turkey, uh, Austria, and um, and in Belgium. Now, Belgium was a weird one because there was a, a a group of serial killers is what they called them. But they were serial, serially killing uh, communists in Belgium. They were called the Brantbark Killers. Sure. And uh, there were three of them. They, they never found out who they were, but there was the giant, which was a tall guy that seemed to be in charge of it. There's a guy codenamed the killer who was the the shooter. You know, he's the one actually doing the the trigger pulling. And then there was the old man who was uh, apparently he was younger than I am, but he was old for for that. I guess old old is different has different connotation. Uh, you know, when when it, you're in the terrorist game, but right. he was the, he was basically the getaway driver. And there's all sorts of like. Uh, they, you know, they never really did discover who these guys were, but there are all these sorts of uh, weird underground uh, terrorist networks that were set up based on these uh, these weapons caches. And you know, when, what happens is when you, you know, when you're when the only tool you have is a hammer, then everything's a nail. You know, if you set up these networks to uh, overthrow the communists when they invade, and then they never invade. What are you going to do with all that stuff? You still got to kill commies, right? I mean, I'm Sounds not completely right. opposed to the whole idea of this this thing. And I think, honestly, when it comes down to it, uh, it's one of those um, being pre- prepared for any sort of uh, any sort of outcome. 
You know, right. you have to have a, a an idea and a plan for it. And this was one of those uh, plans that that never really uh, was needed. And so okay. then was, you know, got a little bit out of hand with, you know, when you when you give young, crazy people uh, large amounts of uh, heavy, heavy weaponry and then uh, don't give them anything to use it on, they're going to find something to use it for. Right. Now, that's that sounds about right. Um, now, if you guys wanted to get into this, this Operation Gladio, you could read up on this for for months and months and never get to the end of it. There's so much weird, like, clandestine stuff going on with this. Uh, between 1947 uh, 40, and, and 1962, it's, uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit wild. Huh. Yeah, they, I don't know. Everybody I read is like, yeah, I've been studying for years and I have no information on it. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I did get like Gladio in Italy. They uh they actually had six hundred and twenty-two operatives and right. hundred and thirty-nine caches, but that's just Italy. That's you know, Gladio. Right. That's not right. this whole that's... network. Um they were saying actually that uh in in Germany they they actually recruited from the Hitler youth. Mm-hmm. And that's why you had such hardcore, you know, indoctrinated kind of people. Cause you know, when you have a boy scout club, you know, learning about, uh, you know, gassing people, then, you know, th- th- you're bound to get some crazies in there. Cause you know, if you, you got the, <clears throat> the gas of merit badge, th- there's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a little bit of a, that's a little bit of an issue. Um, but, you know, Germany, that was one of the countries that where it was first dissolved because the CIA was running that one and almost entirely. OK. And everybody they had employed was was like serious Nazis. And they were scared like it was going to get found out that the CIA was supporting Nazis killing communists. Yeah, and they, that kind they of, tend to frown on that. Yeah, they didn't want to get busted with that one. So they, they kind of wrapped that one up pretty early. Now, let, let's kind of shift gears. And and talk about I don't know how this might apply to to us to preppers. Um, so a lot of this was set up as a way to like gather intelligence, conduct espionage, sabotage. They were trained in guerrilla warfare. I mean, it was basically meant to be a multiply, a force multiplier. You know, you make the individuals so much more. And I just think, like, in a way, having hidden caches, I mean, and that's a way of a, a form of prepping, you know, um, developing a network of people that you trust, people that are, uh, I don't know, I want to say, I want to say on your side, but it's just, People who have American values, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I uh, people who want to preserve your way of life. How about that? We'll, we'll call it that. People who you know have a common interest. Well, I just I'm trying to find a way to not be completely crazy, and it's not easy. It's a delicate <laughs> dance right here, because um, I'm not saying that our our goal is to 
you know, be anti-government or be anti-establishment. There's a lot of good things that can come from government and whatever. It just, I feel like there's a lot of people that want to put their thumb on you. Let's say people who are anti-communist. Let's go with that. Anti-authoritarian dictatorship. Um, you know, because I think we can all agree that that's not a, uh, a a crazy place to be, you know. But, you know, who knows? Maybe we can't. I don't know. But more and more, you know, as a society, we seem to accept that, you know, it, it, it feels like we're going back into a class system. Um, right. Kind of feudal warfare, you know, kind of where, you know, we have serfs and we have royalty. And, and if you're part of the government or Hollywood or some kind of elite class of snobbery, you're in, in one level and everybody else is a dumb, ignorant, racist and that kind of thing. And I feel like, I don't know, I just have Kevin uh, cringing as I'm staring at him here and and uh, I feel like I'm just digging deeper and deeper. And he's like, maybe if I just stay quiet, he'll just keep digging until it's the awesomest Listen, show I'm not, ever. I'm not, I'm not objecting to anything you're saying. I, I'm, I fully support killing communists. All right. Well, as long as we can get behind that, of course, this, this, the, uh, isn't this the road that started all this stuff with Gladio, right? That, that's mm-hmm. how it went down such a bad road. All of a sudden, people yeah. are, uh, you know getting the police to come out to nonsense and whatever. That's not what we're talking about. We're, we're talking about when they're putting people involuntarily in FEMA camps and, uh, you know, and things are, they're rounding up people and uh, putting the yeah. thumb down on everybody. Having a way out of it is something that wouldn't be wrong to plan for. That That's the mm-hmm. answer. Um, but, you know, so what type of things were in these caches? You said uh, hand grenades and C4 and and things, but even simple things when governments crack down can be useful. Um, yeah. It, yeah. You know, there's a lot of, the, lot of uh, things. Stuff. Go ahead. A lot of the stuff was, was actually communications equipment. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of this stuff was basically, was based on, setting up an organization after things went went wrong you know having a having a basic setup you know where people could communicate you know with one another but also each one of these individual stay behind networks was designed to recruit more people right when it was needed you know it was designed to uh you know to build build multiple independent cells of uh armed resistance fighters and uh I think that was that's what's so interesting about it is that a lot of these were set up, um, you know, especially in uh, the Netherlands, Norway. Uh, a lot of these were set up basically to uh, um, f- facilitate communication with a deposed government. You know, if uh, there's a uh, invasion, a Soviet invasion, the government could leave but still make communicate have communication with. Uh, with the citizens in in the country, and I think that was really interesting. A lot of this stuff was was based on communications and uh, you know organizing things ahead of time so that things could be organized, you know, in the moment after things had gone gone haywire. Right. 
No, I think that's a, uh, you know, a, a great place to start. It's being able to want to know who to trust, to know who to reach out to, having the tools. I mean, you got to remember when governments have cracked down in the past, they outlawed ridiculous things um, like martial arts training. They, you know, all this stuff becomes, you know, knowledge is power. Having just information set aside, things that, you know, you know how more and more as a society, you're like, oh, I shouldn't Google that. You know, the government, Big Brother is watching. Uh, I don't know. I feel like since Biden and the, the rest of them have taken charge, I'm less afraid of it. I just feel like the government's so inept that they don't know what's going on. But, you know, maybe I'm crazy. Who knows? I kind of, you know, well, I kind of like my government that way, honestly. Yeah, you're just kind of but, like, yeah, I don't know if they can pull that off. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's always funny how both parties are down for the Patriot Act, you know, whenever they're, they're in power. You know, when they're not in power, mm-hmm. the Patriot Act is a big government overreach, according to both parties. Right. But when they are in mm-hmm. power, it's like, oh, no, it's a good thing. I think I'm down. But... They have a tight, you know, noose around uh, the population's neck, and it just gets tighter and tighter as you you get closer and closer to, you know, an authoritarian uh, dictatorship. And I'm just saying, you know, we really do seem to be setting up a class system. All our politics is about dividing people and separating everybody and, and, you know, turning people against each other. And you have different values, you know, based on different value to society based on who you are and what you believe and who you align with um, instead of what you actually produce or how smart you are. or You know, the things that we used to consider values uh, are not, you know, I mean, value to society, you know, and, uh, you know, being a good, you know, creative person who can think outside the box is more negative in a uh, controlling government than the other. So just having a plan to ensure that we don't become slaves. I mean, that's the thing, you know, it all people used to talk after world war two of never again, you know, and the idea is, Hey, pay attention, realize what the government has done to people in the past, not our government, what governments have done and just understand human nature and, you know, the kind of control that they look to, uh, you know, put on looking into the past and seeing what governments have done kind of gives you an idea of what tools might be useful and what you might be, you know, looking for, for, you know, a solution to ensure that it doesn't happen. Um, Trying to point out the past, has been, I think, the uh, the libertarian approach of, hey, you know, communism is bad because look at what keeps happening. But the more our schools and education system keep changing history, um, you would think history can't change, but it turns out you can frame it any way you want. And uh, mm-hmm. the more this happens, the more you realize that we're kind of losing control. We're losing a grip on society and we're just going to a place that I feel like it's a same familiar path that we've been down before as a society. And I think that 
taking steps to protect the people you care about now by building some kind of infrastructure would not necessarily be wrong. And I'm not saying we need to store things that are illegal or anything bad like that. I'm suggesting that things that are legal right now, when governments change their mind, may uh, become illegal in the future. And I just know we've gone down dangerous roads before. Yeah, well, I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't trust the government and that's that's well and good. I don't I'm I've not never heard one of that. those people. I, I do trust the government, uh, but I don't trust the government I'm going to have next year. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know that nothing is going to going to get, you know, go crazy. And I don't trust the government. to Tell me the truth and about everything. But I trust the government generally has my best interest in mind right now. But that doesn't mean that, you know, next year it's not going to be some other completely different situation. Things change in the United States, you know, day to day, uh, especially with uh, what you find out the CIA and the FBI and all these groups, the NSA, you know, they're always pulling some bullshit. You know, everyone talks shit about uh, Snowden, but the truth right. is nobody would know what the fuck was going on and they'd still be doing that exact same shit uh, if he didn't talk out about it. Now, they are still doing that same shit, but now we know they're doing it. You know, it used to be used to be like when you say, oh, they're, they're spying on everybody. People be like, oh, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. Eh, well, they they were spying on everybody and they still are. You know, it's, it's one of those things where. Uh, <clears throat> where where the government has enough money and it has enough power that they can do shady bullshit. And when people are in that position, they do shady bullshit. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it's, it's best to be prepared for that sort of stuff. Now I had a friend of mine who, um, posted something on Facebook, uh, basically apologizing for his daughter's actions and, and that he didn't raise her that way. And I didn't really know <laughs> what he was talking about until I found a video and it was, a uh, this, this, uh, girl down in New York city was, a, you know, from, from my area. She went down to New York city during the black lives matter uh, black lives protests. And, um, there is that she, she threw a Molotov cocktail at a van full of police officers. Now the problem is now there's two problems here. One, throwing Molotov cocktails at, at police officers. is not really cool. You know, I'm not really down with that sort of shit. No, but that's not acceptable behavior. Is, yeah, the main problem that I had with this that he really should have been apologizing for is this girl filled the bottle up, a beer bottle up with gasoline and then stuck toilet paper in the top, lit it on fire and threw it. And immediately the toilet paper went out and a glass bottle full of gasoline just smashed against a uh, uh, police car. And the police car just pulled over and grabbed her and handcuffed her and threw her in the back. And now she's uh, she's got three cases of attempted murder on her. Now, hasn't seen that what you out. really should be apologizing is for not teaching your daughter how to make a Molotov cocktail that works. Does she even listen to this podcast? What are you I doing? I know, seriously. Toilet paper? You know that's not going to work. You need a good cotton rag for that. And that was really something that I feel like that's what he should be apologizing for. I know my son could make a make a working Molotov cocktail. I don't have any question about that. I teach my children properly. You know, so 
I'm just saying when it comes to uh, raising your kids, when it comes to preparing for the future, um, you know, invest a little bit of time and energy in, in making sure you have access to materials you might not have access to in the future. And building some of these caches uh, might be a good idea. You know, that's that's all I'm saying. That That only sounds right. Now, we have done an episode on building caches, how to build them, how to hide them, how to set them up. What type um, of stuff should be in them? Right, right. Um, and I, I think that's know, uh, I think that's important. I don't know. I don't know. I'm always speechless after Kevin's encouraging people to build a Molotov cocktails there. I don't know. I'm just saying you should know how. That's all. I'm not saying okay. throw them at cops. Finally, at least you're you're willing to put that disclaimer officially out there. Oh, it's a dangerous world we live in. That's all I can tell you. Uh, this is why I feel like we need to take a break from a, a new episode every week, every now and again. Because I'm like, let's just slow Kevin down. Let's, uh, I, I got some. Oh, uh, uh, by the way, I should say this podcast is for entertainment use only. Oh, this is just entertainment. I'm not telling anybody to do anything. Uh, Remember, we used to consult the lawyer and have uh, the official uh, disclaimer back in the day. We, um, we've, we've gone past that. The lawyer's like, yeah, I can't even talk to you anymore. <laughs> I can't help you out anymore. <laughs> if I have knowledge of this, it's just going to end badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Now, just, you know, plan ahead is what we're saying. And it's weird. I mean, they're talking about a lot of people were saying those are actually – the origins of the CIA. I mean, they were created to prevent, you know, outside things from happening, but more and more of this stuff gets closer to home and it just is something to be aware of. And if you plan ahead and, and think about a future, but what I would say is uh, remember where you may have these hidden caches. Um, yeah, letting them, you know, disappear into to the world when you have C four and whatever in there. You know, that's a a thing that you might know. Yeah, maybe keep a, a list. Yeah, because a lot of these caches are still missing. The the yeah. ones they found in uh, Italy were not all of them, and some of them are just no idea where they're at. Some place, some place in Italy, somewhere. That's you it. Know? So. so just something to be aware of. But with that, keep track of your C4. Keep track of your C4. But, and that's what I got. So if you have uh, thoughts, concerns, you want to tell Kevin that uh, we actually got an email from a listener and I, I was messaging back and forth with him. And he did say that he had some concerns of Kevin's take on the uh, Black Panthers. And, you know, I do. There's a lot of episodes that when we do it, I kind of cringe. And I'm like, yeah, whatever Kevin just said is definitely going to come back and haunt me later. <laughs> and sure enough, there it is. But uh, if you have concerns or questions or, you know, just generally want to tell us how we're crazy, you can email us at uh, preppingbadass at gmail.com or Maybe you're just really enjoying this 
and you want to uh, go ahead and uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slam prepping badass. Maybe you want to show people that you're a uh, don't give them in a fucking inch crazy motherfucker and you want to wear the t-shirt and be proud, you could go over to uh, preppingbadass.com and find the cool gear that's going to you know, set you apart in a crowd. Let people know that you're a crazy motherfucker. So with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. The Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.